Start the show. <laughs> that was like just like in Chappelle show, right? That was kind. That was that was very Chappelle show of you. Cool, 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 cool. What's going well, on, Twitter world? I mean, whoops. Twitch, tw- Twitch world, Twitchy world. I'm sorry. You I'm Frankie French, and I'm Stephen Campbell, and we are the, the non-profit non. The nonprofits. Hey guys, tasty snacks. What's good? Talking to people in Twitch, talking to people in the podcast world, talking to people in the nonprofit world. Hey, happy mischief, mischief. I always do that. Yeah, happy, happy mischief. I mean, Jeff. And taste snacks. What's up? NFT profits. What? We're trying to figure out what an NFT is. Um, If this is a podcast that you're listening to to learn about NFTs, look elsewhere. Look, look elsewhere. I'm just a crotchety old man trying to learn what look these kids are doing. Get off my <laughs> The uh, we're we're working on a ton of stuff, and sometimes we like to have these solo episodes where we just try to figure out what we're what we're doing. Yeah, we uh, kind of drop these like once a month ish. Sort of like ishy, right? Yeah, we're, we're and fun. Yeah, and so we are. We're having more and more opportunities to talk to people about mental health, and it is always this interesting thing because I feel like a lot of times when you have these conversations on mental health, it's always like some. It, it's like Matthew McConaughey looking handsome as fuck. And he's trying to explain to you how to maintain your mental health while in the back of your mind, you're like, thank you for that advice, but you also have $100 million to your name. And I feel like you have all the tools there and paid for. And um, it's been interesting and fun to have these conversations because we are, we're we're just some people. (laughs) We're just some people trying to, yeah, going through the same stuff all you guys are going through. Um, yeah, we so we're talking to a lot of groups about mental health and what that looks like, and we're we're I I just can we do a good segue? I feel like we didn't really segue into the show, did we? Let's segue into the show. Because I, I feel like anyone listening, do you think like they're understanding what's happening? So, right. Am I crazy? No, no, no. You're not crazy at all. And sometimes I just imagine that people are listening to every episode in a row and we're like, and here's the next one. When in reality, most people are listening to it for the first time. So just so you guys listening, I'm like, Frankie and Steven are being weird and just talking about stuff. You're right. We are. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is a super special one where it's just me and, and the sweet boy, Steven, and we're going to talk about what's been going on with us. We're going to talk about some new projects. And then we're going to leave you guys with an amazing um, nonprofit 
organization that we've worked with in the past who we're going to have on a future episode, but there's no guest. It's just the two of us. It's just the original profits. Just the two of us. We can make if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah, I did it. I had it. <laughs> it, it's hard to go multi-channel into the Zoom situation. It is because you'll cut out. And I'm like, wait a minute, are we hitting it? But yeah, so go on with your things. So we have a lot of projects in the works, and the thirty of us listening on on Twitch at the moment. Oh, nice! A a a. Um. Yeah. So, what we've been doing, right? So, this show typically what we do is we cover a social issue, and then we talk to groups alleviating that social issue to talk, you know, give people actionable insights into how to help that social or environmental issue that they're interested in. And the conversation that we keep on being asked to have has to do with mental health. Um, because Stephen and I are both broken, but go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, they're, they're like, wow, you guys are really going through it. Let's have a before and after on stage where we will talk about how poorly we're doing and then we have an expert on that has some sort of expertise, as experts often do. Um, and so the mental health conversation is an interesting one. I, I'm actually, I am in probably the best place I've been in a very lo- long time just because starting to go to therapy, having a more, more in the toolkit to be like, oh, this is the reason that this emotion is coming. This is how you can deal with it or not deal with it. Um, I've been I've been doing a lot of DIY mental health, which means going on YouTube and watching the Dalai Lama talk and saying <laughs> <laughs> and just being like, yes. <laughs> I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Dalai Lama. I got it. The, well, one of the ones that was very interesting that um, it, just listening to these different like monks and people doing uh, transcendental meditation and stuff like that is this very interesting thing that keeps coming up is that um, instead of having like a ton of anxiety come and trying to figure out how to combat that anxiety, it's much more of a when anxiety comes in, embracing that as like a legitimate thought and and making friends with anxiety just being like oh look it's it's fucking anxiety again night <laughs> exactly exactly again yeah uh, tasty stacks therapy is the best uh gift that you can give yourself and uh the gift you can give to the people around you that have to deal with you Absolutely, because it was the thing that the first therapy that went well, I understood. I was like, holy shit, I've been dumping a lot of this on everybody close to me. So whether that was in a romantic relationship or whether that was a close friend, sometimes you're, you got this shit so pent up that somebody's like, how are you doing? Just a simple how you doing. You're like, oh, you want to know how the fuck I'm doing? Let me, let me tell you. Let me let you know, dog. <laughs> Like, how am I doing? It's like, well, I had a lot of death as a child. So how do you think I'm doing? And it's just right, like, not well, yeah. Um, and so it is this thing that like on a very, very basic level, it is so good 
to have that in your own social interactions, to have somebody that you can just dump all that shit onto. Um, but it's also this interesting thing that I became so cognizant of the fact that I would dump that I try so hard not to do it in my own relationships, like before therapy, so that if I ever caught myself dumping, I would immediately like catch myself and be like, stop, how are you doing? And I do that in therapy too much. <laughs> stop and ask, oh, wait a minute, hold on, Mr. Therapist. How are, let me check in with you. I, <laughs> I do, I do, and like, my so the the first therapist I had was a fucking nightmare. Psycho. Yeah, and I don't know if I've told that on on here yet, but the second one's much better. So the first one, she would start each therapy session that I was paying her for for talk by talking for like fifteen to twenty minutes about what's going on with her. And this new guy, he he'll catch me and be like, "Hey, hey, we're not talking about me. So let's just go ahead and talk about you," which is. So he's a serial killer. Got it. <laughs> no, he, he does have he he does have tendencies that if you, if I found out he was a serial killer, that would make a great show. A serial a killer. great show. Yeah. A serial killer therapist. Yep. Because I Dexter I, 2.0. What would you call a therapist serial killer? TV oh, I just said Dexter 2.0. Oh yeah, and he's using because he's using the therapy to find out to find terrible people. Do you get what oh I'm yeah, yeah. So he uses the therapy, and then he always murders them in some accidental way, which gives his patients closure. Which gives them closure. Yeah, he just like comes yeah, to therapy. Damn, don't me and Steven are writing this. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll edit this part out, uh, and we'll just say we'll just say in parentheses, "Great show idea," and then bleep it out. And then, yeah, oh yeah, great show idea, great show idea, great show idea. Okay, <laughs> all right, cool. So yeah, I'm glad therapy is going well for you. I'm I've I've been in therapy. I was in therapy for years, 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 years. I'm not currently in therapy. However, I'm kind of saving it for this project. I don't want to start and like get all healthy. And then I start this project and then I have nothing to talk about. So I'm just trying to, you know, medit- I've been meditating a lot. That's been what great. Is, what does meditation look like for you? So I have a guided uh, self-hypnosis that I do. And I turn it on. Usually I'll smoke a little weed. I'll turn it on. I'll set my intentions for myself. Like, what is it that I want to focus on? My Focus my energy on, like my career love, you know, whatever the thing is that I'm feeling maybe anxious about or whatever. And then um, I get into my room or whatever quiet space, dim the lights, you know, or get it nice and like dark or semi dark, um, put on my guided hypnosis. And then I wake up when it's saying, and three, two, one, and you're awake. (laughs) But how do do you, so you do that, like not before you're about to go, when in the day do you do that? So I, when you were texting me, I was actually doing that. So I, I sometimes will meditate for like two hours. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Anywhere between 20 minutes to like two hours. If I'm feeling particularly uh, not great, then you then like today I took like a whole two hours and just like I did an hour and then I did another hour because I just was feeling very, very anxious when I woke up and like went out and smoked a cigarette. And I don't even really smoke. You know what I mean? And, and I don't sure, really smoke. Sure. Um, you know, in the morning when I wake up, that's not a thing I do. Like if I'm out in the evening after a show and have a beer, 
I might have a cigarette then, but just like waking up in the morning, I don't. So I knew I was like really anxious when I got up today. Um, and so when I came in, I was like, okay, smoke a little weed, set your intentions and just meditate for an hour. And then I woke up and I still didn't feel that great. And I did another, another hour. And now I feel like awesome right now. So what are, so outside of uh, having the impulse to smoke a cigarette, like what are some indicators that you need to meditate like that? If I, if I find myself um, hyper social, meaning like I'm pushing to just keep going out and out and out, like, you know what I mean? Even when I don't necessarily have to, that's a, a symptom for me. Like, okay, you're not doing great. You know what I mean? Like, why are you trying to escape your life? <laughs> sure. You know? And so then I know I need to, okay, I need to dial it back, like take a beat and, and get myself together. Or um, uh, something that has actually stopped completely, thank God. I used to get all over hives. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, bad, Steven. Like they can't, they've been coming back a little bit, but not to the degree, like it was daily, at least like twice a day, I'd get the stress hive outbreak. And it looked so. So you would have you would have you would get hives. You would they uh, go away, and then you would get hives again. Yeah, I would. I would get them. Da- I mean, I'd have to take like a Benadryl to to ease it. But like, I'd have like big whelps. Like someone was like hitting me with a whip. Like they would just like rise up on my skin and turn red and itchy, and it would be like all down my back or all on oh. my. Yeah, it was a bad. When I say it was bad, like it was bad. It was, yeah, it was really, really, really bad. Um, and that's probably when I was, I was going through a period where I was the most stressed out um, and never made the connection. I was just like, but then, yeah. And then that's actually when I found this, this self-hypnosis. And um, back in 20, like the end of 2018 going into 2019. So for something like, I mean, for being at it for two hours, is that something you had to like, like you would in exercise, like physical exercise, like was it something you had to like work yourself up to or was, or is this guided hypnosis? Is that something that the default is that length of time? No, I just, um, so like I said, I found it back then and I did it every night for like a year before I would do it before I would go to bed. And, um, and that's like when I started, like my career career actually started kind of taking a turn for the better because my mindset was a lot more positive. Um, and then I stopped, of course, like, you know, oh, I'm fixed. Cool, I'm good. <laughs> right. And then, you know, little little pockets of anxiety. Like I, I was, I had anxiety so bad. Me and Charles would be like in a grocery store. And he could just look at me and tell like, you need to go to the car. I'm like, yep. Cause I, I would be in public and this is like a remnant of PTSD, like even further than anxiety. And it would literally feel like everyone in the store was walking at me, even though my brain, like I knew they weren't, you know what I mean? But it would, I, I would, that's what I would see. That's what I would feel. And I would lose my breath, like, and just be really, really anxious and just like start crying out of nowhere. Um, you know, if, if I would be in public spaces around too many people. Uh, and so at night when I would go to comedy, I'd have to drink a lot to like be in a club yeah. around that many people. Um, but yeah, so hypnosis has been great for me. And, and it's a nice, it's a nice, um, what's the word? I guess uh, band aid 
till I start doing therapy. Not band, band is not the right word because it actually is very helpful. So it's a nice, I guess, uh, tool, coping mechanism that I sure. use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, it's something that I talk to my therapist about, but it is the default for me is my brain is so hyperactive. You need to go do shit that the only way that I know how to turn that off is the second I have a drink. Like the second I have a drink, the that part of the brain shuts off. And so it is this thing that uh, it, there are lots of roots of it. Having come from a place where I was the only one that made it out alive, there is this underlying push of you, you need to make it because no one else like literally made it, right? And then there's also this, um, I constantly, like my whole life had always got off on proving people wrong that had preconceptions of what I was able to do, um, whether that was hanging with the, call it the gang crowd kind of stuff, but I was also like in the AP classes and like that really, uh, there was something that I, I would always, I would always have a drive to be proving people. Yeah, exactly. And it's a thing that I know now the different like indicators that anxiety is high. One is if I get too heavy into comparing myself to other people, which I know not to be a healthy tool or a healthy attribute, but, but I also when I'm doing well, I know just keep comparing yourself to you and keep on getting yourself better and eventually you'll get to whatever, all these different arbitrary uh, milestones or arbitrary end goals that people have. Um, Instagram's horrible for it because I follow- Instagram is the devil. Like if I could not be on Instagram, It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. Because you, you just, it's like you open it and Instagram's like, want to see how great your biggest enemy's doing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's Let me like, show you. Because people, uh, you know, I've had lots of people, they're like, you, you fucking need to be on TikTok if you want to make it and it, you need to be on. And like, I've made the evaluation. I was like, my brain can't take TikTok also. Like, I just like, if I had another, like as soon as I close Instagram, I could just go to the next one that's even more sticky and more addictive, then I I know I will not be doing well mentally if I'm trying to constantly put, uh, con- just constantly trying to compete against everybody that is out there online. The other indicator is if I start hating on people, it just like arbitrarily, like, Sometimes, sometimes it'll be like thinking about a person that wronged me X amount of months or years ago and just, and just slowly going and ruminating on that or seeing a guy eating a tuna sandwich on the subway and being like, somebody needs to beat that guy's ass. Like somebody, somebody, like somebody needs to fuck that. That's a capital offense. Like you, you don't eat tuna fish in public. It's fucking disgusting. And, and, but. I used to drive Lyft and I had a fare get in and open up a tuna sandwich in my fucking car. 
Fuck. Uh, I was like, yo, I was like, are you eating a tuna fish sub in here? And she's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I was like, I said, no, 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 no. You got to wrap hey. that shit up. You can't eat that. How do you get in someone else's car? And she's like, what well, I'm paying for this ride. You're going to be paying for me to beat your ass in like two minutes. Get like, wrap it up or get out. You can't be in someone's car with an open tuna fish sandwich. Hey, which also just, if you were to, if you were to spill any tuna and there's, and there's no way that that person's going to be like, Hey, I just spilled some tuna and they would, they would, you know, push it under the seat or just sit it. You know, you know how, you know how I know for sure that that's true. Another time I was driving Lyft, having a wonderful conversation with the young woman, her and her young child are in the car I hear very strange sounds coming from the back. And I'm like, hey, are you guys all right? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. He's just, I'm just cleaning his nose. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I get to their stop, drop them off. They get out. The next fare I pick up goes to get in on the side where the kid was sitting. It's like, oh, and close the door and then gets in on the other side. I don't even think about it because they don't say anything. I drive them to their stop and drop them off. Next fare gets in and goes, oh, my God, there's throw up all over your back seat. Oh, shit. Her kid had projectile vomited on the back of my seat. It was all in. And this is when I had my, my Lexus with the leather interior. Oh yeah. My God. Why would you? And, and I, and here's the thing. I ended up having Lyft because Lyft will charge you $150 for like cleaning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I went ahead and let them charge her and then they, they reimbursed me to get it clean. But my whole thing is I wouldn't even have done that. If I asked you what's wrong and you had to said, oh my God, my kid threw up. No worries. When we get to your place, get some solvent or whatever and, and come clean it up. All good. I get it. Kids have accidents, but you intentionally hit it and left vomit all. Oh. Yeah. So there was also, it's like, how do you not think that I'm going to find out that you vomited or that you had your kid vomit on the, on the seat? How do you think I'm not going to notice barf? But anyway, sorry, that was a weird tangent to go on. No, 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 it's no problem. It's uh, talking about like uh, indicators that anxiety is getting too crazy. But one of them, the drinking thing is something that I know it's just it sucks because I know it's so good at closing that loop off in my head of the because it's constantly this you need to do better. You need to get more shit done. You need to like. You know, if if I don't if I don't smoke or if I don't drink, like I'll work until I fall asleep. Like I'll just keep working until I Yeah. And it's it's not healthy, it's not good. And it's also this thing of like if I'm working six hours a day and I am very dedicated and mindful of the work that I'm doing, like I will get all the work done that I need to get done. But typically what it looks like is I work twelve hours and I'm fucking on YouTube for part of it and I'm smoking weed for part of it and I'm just trying to like drinking so much fucking coffee to be like oh that'll make it so that my mind is yeah good to do that stuff um but it is something that I'm trying very hard right now to x out alcohol um and it's getting the amount of alcohol I'm consuming is going down. That's one of the things that uh, I have this like little green notebook that I have way too many notebooks, but I have this little green notebook. And so one of them 
is, or one of the things that I do in it is, and I think I talked about this last time, but is just documenting what I'm drinking, what I'm eating. And it does help just to be like, to look the next day and be like, huh, wow, you uh, filled out a couple pages just with drinks, right? Like that's a lot of, a lot of tally marks. Um, but then the, and, yeah, other- and, while, and while you're out drinking, you're like, I'm winning this game. Ooh. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Another yeah, tally for me. Put your drinks on my on my notebook. It'll be so funny for me tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, but then this other thing is it's a new thing that I'm trying to do, but it's supposed to help with like uh, cognitive whatever the fuck. But so you write an event, what happened, and then you're feeling like what feeling comes up, and then cognition, like why did that emotion come up? And then like what are some other interpretations of uh you know like some other ways that you could have like dealt with that thought process and so like it's almost all um me hating on myself for not doing a specific task right like so i i will say like uh to get really pissed at myself for not finishing a certain writing project that I said I was going to do, right? So I'll get really pissed at myself for doing that. What is the feeling that comes up? I'm pissed. Why did that feeling come up? And it's usually something very arbitrary of like, well, I said to myself that I was going to get it done by Tuesday. And then the actuality of it is like, there's nobody holding me to that deadline. I don't need to finish it right at this time, but I had really put this like hard deadline on me. Um, and a lot of it comes from that is putting these arbitrary deadlines and these arbitrary, like, you need to get a show on Netflix in a couple months. You need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, um, But you know so, what else we don't, I feel like we don't do? We don't, we don't ever check off our, our accomplishments. It's like, and, and we, I feel like there have been some big accomplishments. It's just like, yeah, I did that next thing. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, and I was, I was talking, doing that to myself the other day and I was like, thinking about you know what I want to do and what I've already done and I'm like you've done some pretty cool shit for only doing comedy eight years you know what I mean but I don't ever acknowledge it it's never enough it's never enough I'm like yeah that's cool but I need to do more I need to do something bigger like now it's 2021 what have I done in 2021 2022 is right around the corner what's my big thing for you know what I mean and it's like it's such a it's such a it's like we diminish ourselves because we're so inundated with accomplishments and everything coming from all everyone from the world. You know what I mean? Sure. Think about when you were a kid. I didn't know what Billy down the street was doing and I didn't give a shit. Hey, I'm sure, over here sure. making mud pies and eating my farts. You know what I mean? And that's awesome. <laughs> but now every time you we wake up or open our phone, as soon as you open it, it's just like accomplishment, accomplishment. You know, it's all of these things. And then all you're saying is I'm not doing that. I need to be doing, you know what I mean? And it's, it's so unhealthy. And you forget that Instagram is a highlight reel of people's lives. Highlight reel. Right. It's like taking all the standup you've ever done and then only pulling out the, the laugh tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, you look right. like that amazing, oh my God, you have an amazing hour. No, I don't. That's a year's worth of comedy smushed down the six, the best 60 minutes of it. Right. You know? And that's what Instagram is. It's, that sizzle, it's a sizzle reel. One of the things that is helpful for me that I do not do as often as I wish I did is uh, looking at 
Stephen a year ago. And where I am now is, is very much success to what Stephen a year ago would have considered success, right? Right. Um, you know, I, I, I had said this in a meeting that we had uh, a couple weeks ago that somebody was like, how much do you expect to get paid for this project? And I was like, yo, just get me in a pay scale that is above eating frozen vegetables all the time. Right. And, and what's funny is that was, that was a canned, like almost a canned response because a year ago, that's all I was really striving for was like, just fucking let me go to a restaurant sometimes, you know, like, cause I, and, and I have got it. it I am, I am above frozen vegetables now. I, I eat fresh veggies, bitch. I, <laughs> Which I know it sounds it sounds silly, but it is there is so much progress from Stephen a year ago to Stephen now, and it is a thing that if that is all you're focusing on is constantly improving where you are as a person from a health standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from from a success standpoint, and then it is also about defining what is success, which is this thing that anytime anytime I'm asked like well, what do you want and where are you going type stuff and what does success look like to you? I always have a very, very tough time of defining that, but I think that it is so important in figuring out, uh, I think it is so important in figuring, hey, it is important for you to define what success is and where you want to go and what things are important to you, what values are important to you, right? Sure. Even when, I've, gotten, I've gotten better with it though. In the last, I would say in the last like few months, I've gotten a lot better with it and just like kind of cataloging like, okay, 2019, you know, these were, were my accomplishments. 2020, these are my accomplishments. 2021, you know what I mean? And so I've gotten better what, what the one thing I, I stopped doing a hundred percent is comparing myself to other people. Yeah. That, that I had to cut out like years ago because I got to a point where I started getting really bitter in comedy, like, but I'm, I'm better than them. Why are they doing ex- They suck. I'm great. You know what I mean? I, I worked harder for, you know, my jokes, you know, whatever the thing is that's pissing you off or, you know, and, but then I realized that, none of that shit matters. Everyone's path is their path. You know what I mean? And, and whatever life has in store for them, it's, it's for them. And whatever life has in store for you, that's for you. And the only person that can stop it actually is you. Um, yeah. You know, when you're not focusing on improving yourself, either artistically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the improvements you want to make, when you're not, when that's not your focus and you're focusing on what you're not getting or what that person's doing, you're not serving yourself and you're not moving the needle forward to reach any goal. You're just bitching and complaining. So, um, you know, but that anxiety is very real. Um, It's a real thing that I think we see it more in our society. Um, And, and here's, here's what I think is funny because we, we call uh, being in public social anxiety, but really social media is the social anxiety. You know what I mean? When you pop that baby open, it's like, ah, I'm not doing enough. I'm supposed to be writing my book and this bitch's book is coming out next week, you know, or whatever the thing is. I don't know. 
I feel better. I feel a lot better than I have been feeling. I, I've become a lot better at it, but I did catch myself even, uh, I did the show for the New York Comedy Festival on Saturday. Oh, how was it? I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Oh, it was, it was great. Um, audience was hot. I just was hosting up a storm. And, uh, but one of the comics on the show, he's recording his second hour and has put it together in one year. And it was a thing that when I started writing, we, we started, he, when he finished his first album, I was just about starting like a new 45 minutes hour myself. And he's recording and I caught myself being like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You, you need to be having that hour too. But then like quickly caught myself. I was like, yeah, but you're also doing, you have a company and you know, the projects that you and I are working on and there's so much writing that goes into that and so much prep that goes into that and all these business things. And so it is this thing of understanding that it's like once, once you're able to establish like the, this is where I want to go, other people's successes don't matter as much because you're like, okay, that's great, but that's them going in this direction that you're not right. Yeah, going. you're not, right, exactly. And it, it's not that they don't matter, they don't matter at all, you know what I mean? And my new perspective is this, especially when it's someone that I'm close to or friends with or know well, and I see them get something great or big, I, I feel like I scooted up in line a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and it really does feel like, feel like that because the longer I do comedy, the more the landscape changes, meaning that the people I see on TV, on radio and movies are slowly more my friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Whereas when I started comedy, the comics I would see on TV, that was a dream that I didn't even know that that was a thing I would ever touch. Do you get what I mean? But now when specials come out, when they have like these six comics are going to be featured on Hulu or Netflix or wherever, I typically know or have worked with, if not all, like 90% of those, those comics, you know? And so that actually, I think that that's a good litmus test for anyone who's trying to figure out their progress, so to speak. Who are my, who are my contemporaries? Who are, who are my colleagues? You know what I mean? Even though you may not be doing certain things, Look at who's around you. Look at the, what, what spaces you're in. Are you leveling up? You know what I mean? Are the people you're surround? are the people around you leveling up? You know, do you get what I'm saying? So I feel like for me, actually watching other people's progress has been uh, a, um, a hint that I'm not doing so bad. Yeah. Well, and it's this weird thing of like uh, with where we are and in comedy, right? So I believe this is different than from real life, right? So, so in what we're saying, where you don't want to compare yourself to other people, that is true in comedy. There's a healthy way to do it, right? Like if I'm on a show, I want to make sure that I'm the best person on that show. And it's just these, just these small uh, snapshots, right? Like it's not this constant thing that's always uh, yeah, weighing you on the standout for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if, if you're starting to get on shows where you're not the best, then that's good, right? Like then, then, but you, then in a healthy way, you should be saying like, okay, well, why is that guy doing so much better on stage than me? 
let's take notes. What am I missing? Right. What? Right. right. Yeah. Not, not in terms of who I am. Not quantifying it or not equating it rather to your self worth. Hundred percent. It's solely tied to: Am I putting enough reps in? Am I writing quality jokes? And do I even like this set anymore? You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't I the best? You know, but hopefully that happens when you're on a show with like a tell and a ling not, you know what I mean? Like you're on a heavy hitter show and you're not the best. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I, I was somewhere in the mids. Sure. I'm cool with that. But how do I crush a tell? You know what I mean? Like how do sure. I come for that motherfucker's jugular? And not again, like you said, not in a, I want to be you, you know, why am I not better than you way? But just like, oh, okay, he's a solid comic. What's right. Like you said, what, what are the mechanics behind it? And how do I implement some of those practices to make myself better? And it is this thing also where um, I found doing comedy in DC, it was very cutthroat and people didn't want to see each other succeed where. So I weird. Do, yeah. I think you. Oh, but, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Booth. Sorry. I'm trying to, it, I told you we have, we have, a, have to go somewhere at the end of this podcast. I want to make sure that uh, they're not changing their clothes. Hey, sorry. Keep, no, keep talking. No worries. Um, the other in DC, I would find that it was much more cutthroat where people didn't want to see each other succeed. Where in New York, I do find that people do have genuine support for each other. Like, like Nori Davis had uh, his set on Fallon, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago, and he just had like a party for it. And just it was very cool to see how many people came out strictly to support, right? Like, you know, um, it wasn't some thing where people were like, yo, if I show up to this thing, maybe I'll get a spot. It was just a straight up, just it's like a party, like let's hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And it, have a dope time. And with that same spirit and in being happy that he's succeeding, it is still a thing that you see and you're just like, okay, word, well, I want this. But you know, like I, I would I want yeah, this. I want to do this. I want to throw a party for my Fallon set. hundred <laughs> percent. And I and in it is a difficult road to get there. At least it was for me to get there in a healthy place of, I'm not comparing myself to others in a way that why the fuck did they get this instead of me? It's much more of a, okay, word, this is what, this is what next level looks like. Now I I have the ability to kind of visualize what next level looks like. And now let's make it happen for me. Right. And it, and it is this, it's something I've been like kind of grappling with and I think that I've become a lot more healthy the way that I do it. But um, yeah, I, it, it's this weird thing that there is some sort, it, there is some comparison in comedy that is a necessary tool for leveling up. Agreed, agreed. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually been working on, I'm trying to get a late night set and I've been trying to work on new clean material and it's, it's, it's rough. I, yeah. uh, I will. So I finally actually got the balls to really like workshop some some new jokes on Saturday night. So I don't know if you know Josh Adam Myers. He's the guy that runs Goddamn Comedy Jam. Okay. He hit me up and asked me to open for Craig Conant. Do you know Craig out of LA? Mm-hmm. Long haired dude. Anyway, dope ass dude. Shout out to Craig. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to Zach Gish um, and DC Comedy Loft uh, for accommodating us this weekend. Shout out to Bobcat Goldthwait. Ooh, ooh, that's a whole other story. Anyway, um, fuck, where was I going? Oh, so we went, there was a late night open mic. Uh, and so I went and did that. 
And I literally, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to work these clean jokes. <laughs> and one of them is, uh, if you don't understand what bot being, if you don't, if you don't know what being bi is means, it means that sometimes I date women and sometimes I like peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that misogynistic? Is that mean? Can I say it? I can say that, right? I think it's funny. Um, I, I no, I just and, and that's it, it's it's always hard for me to say from my own perspective, but it, it whatever it is, the demographic talking about their own demographic. I don't think that anybody could take could take offense. it wrong, right? Because I, I can say that I'm a woman, right? Right. I had a couple of them. It was um, the other one was sometimes I date women and sometimes I don't mind getting a text back a week later, which I was like, eh, that's meh. Then um, sometimes I date women and sometimes I like, and sometimes I don't want to listen to your feelings, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was funny anyway. So I'm working on it. I don't know how clean that is. I feel like, I don't know. I think, well, do you, do you watch late night sets as you're getting ready for it? Yeah, I watch them and people talk about their sexuality and I think that it's important, like for me, it's important for me to talk about it. Sure. In that space. Because by, by people, and I know this sounds doesn't sound like it's not a real issue or whatever, but we don't get much representation and no one really gives a sh- You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you're gay or you're a lesbian or you're trans. That's all we care about. Those are our angels and that's who we fight for. And bi people are just kind of like, well, let us know when you decide. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. not really what's happening. And so I just, for me, it's important to talk about. I'm just trying to find the cleanest way to do that. Yeah, I feel like uh, whenever somebody is bi, if there's any hinkling, like, oh, are you gay? Like, and somebody asks and then they answer, no, I'm bi, the conversation stops. Just like I, like I have nothing. I have nothing to say. Yeah, nothing else for that. Like it's, it, we're, yeah, and it's funny because that's also within the LGBTQ community too. You know what I mean? Like we're not like readily welcomed in that. You know what I mean? It's just like oh, here come these weirdos. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. Even even my friend who she's gay. But she dated guys for a while, and I, I want to say in the last eight years, she's only dated women. Um, she's like a big champion of uh, different LGBTQ causes in Miami, right? Like she does, she puts on these big events, and she does, she does so much for the gay community in uh, that space. But she says that like she'll have these wonderful conversations with people from all over the community. And when it comes out that, you know, I date a guy's X amount of time, she can just see a, yeah, a shift. body language shift, a like, oh, okay, so you're not, you're not really about that life. Like, right, kind of like you're, you're not really in the trenches. It's like, I feel like I'm more in the trenches because I get it from both. <laughs> right. I get it from both sides, literally and figuratively. Hey. Hey, ba-ba-ba. Um. Yeah. But so for, for the Fallon sets, don't you have to give the whole transcript? Like, this is exactly what I'm going to say in the joke. Yeah, you do. So, but I'm just trying to get, I've, I've, so yeah, I, I um, have worked with the booker many, many times. 
uh, but my, I, I just haven't had a clean enough set. So I'm working to like really scrub it and still talk about what I want, still be me, but it still be funny. And it's just one, one joke I have is, um, I'm bi, but I'm married to a man. Uh, first time I looked in his eyes, I just knew that was a lifestyle I could become accustomed to. <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? Sure. I don't know. I'm not good at writing clean material. Well, and also, and so you tell a lot of stories and longer narratives on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't watch a lot of late night sets, but it seems like there's less space for the storytelling, and more of it is kind of set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. Yeah, yeah, and that's not really a muscle that I've worked. So trying to figure that out has, you know, been rough to say the least. Well, so one thing that I, um, as you know, I tell a lot of stories on stage too. And I've, I've, for the longest time, like for fucking years, I would get into my notebook and was like, stop fucking writing stories, write these jokes, right? Like just write, write the joke the way that, you know, you need to be able to like back in the corner, joke, joke, joke your way out of it before you can get back up to longer narrative. And I'm just, it's not what I'm good at. But what I've found is just taking those individual jokes that seemingly didn't have a place and inserting them into stories gives the audience this interpretation of you are hitting us with that setup punch, but it is through one through one. Right, for sure. For sure. And so you could probably, and you know, you probably like in one story about an experience like we're talking about, like where maybe somebody wasn't as welcoming because you were by, um, in just like one conversation that you have with somebody, you can insert all those jokes that you right. have yeah, and just kind of do it through one through line. That seems like one story, but you've really just inserted all of these jokes that you've written. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, no, you're absolutely right. That's what I'm trying to formulate, but I'm trying to write the jokes and then figure out how, like I have a couple of good singers, like um, LGBTQIA. What does the IA stand for? Intelligence Agency. That's one of my faves. <laughs> How do you think we're pushing our agenda? Um, I'm the gayest person. Most of my straight friends know, so they ask. So they ask me all of their. Hold on. Hold on a second. Um, all of my straight friends ask me all of their gay questions or queries, as I call them. Right. I do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I I have some of those. I'm just trying to figure out how to string them together and get them in a TV clean set so I can give them, send them over to this booker or even maybe Conan or some late night. I just, I want to do a late night spot in 2022. Sure. Really do. Um, what if you start up with the query bit and then that opens it up to what a conversation looks like? And so you have like a sample conversation that you had with one of your straight friends. And so like, you know, once they ask you to be the authority on a certain topic, you're like, well, let me just tell you that I'm telling you this, you know, like I'm telling you this from my viewpoint, but just like, just, this is how a gay person would react to it. Then you can kind of go into what that, like, you know, how a gay person uh, interacts with a bi person and then go back to the conversation and like, conversation doesn't actually need to be like the exact conversation you have, but have it feed into a way that is, um, you know, like even like if you like, you know, 
the uh, if I were to tell you this, the LGBTQIA could you know they could come for me because you know the IA stands for intelligence agency, right? And then and so like I'll tell I'll you know I'll tell you this. <laughs> That's okay. That I see. What you, yes, that's thank you. You know what? Every time we talk, sorry, sorry, uh, podcast listeners, but I, I need these conversations with Stephen because every time we have even the, the smallest chat about a set that I might be working on, once we talk it through a little, even like this, I've now I'm like, oh, I know exactly, not exactly necessarily, but I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna write, and then I'm gonna workshop it uh, on the 17th, actually, when we do. Not to plug our thing, but let's plug our thing. <laughs> yeah, let's plug our thing. Yo, uh, and we're anybody that wants to donate, all of our scholars. Um, it's a nonprofit that we've worked with a bunch, and Frankie and I have a show with them on Wednesday. Um, they help Black and Latino kids in New York City get placement into some of the more competitive schools that are historically uh, extremely white. rich whites. Let's just we can just be clear. Yeah, yeah, call it what it is. Um, but they do a lot of don't oh my God, I forgot to tell you that Charles got a girlfriend. Okay, whatever. I'll tell you later. Whoa. Okay. Then we'll, we'll have to. We'll, yeah, we'll talk and, about it later. I, hel- I helped him lock that thing down. I'm so oh, yeah? That. Yeah. He, he's got no game. I, I, had, I like literally had to do the whole setup, get the phone numbers exchanged. And then I had to. <laughs> then I had to text on his behalf for like the first like five minutes. And yeah, and he's, he's good now. They have their first date on Saturday. I'm very excited. They, they grow up so fast. I grow up so fast. If you don't know, I'm talking about my husband, by the way. And we'll, we can get the, what? Yeah, I know I'm blowing your minds right at the end of the show. But anyway, Oliver Scholars, give them your money. They are fantastic and wonderful and amazing. And we have a show with them on the 17th in New York. If you're around, you can't come. This is private. But if you're if you're around, yeah. just know that we're also in New York. Just know know that we are close to you. Um, but yeah. I think that's I think that's our episode. I think we talked talked uh, Shout out to Dr. Moss. Um, but yo, like, subscribe, comment, unless it's negative, leave that for Facebook. Do like your mom said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yes. But if you have something nice to say, say it publicly where people can see it so we can validate our internal worth. Yeah. Not not that we compare ourselves. But also, we'd like to have more likes and comments. To have some validation. <laughs> I've been Frankie French. I'm Stephen Campbell. And this has been The Nonprofit. See you guys next week. Love you. Bye.